Welcome to follow this morning, and I hope this is going <coughs> to work out good. Now we still have some connection problems, but uh, we try to solve all of them. All of them. Folks, you are now with us in a live here in uh, Bosnia, Banja Luka, and this is a uh, this is a uh, live breakfast with everybody. And, uh, I hope the connections are working good, and whoever you want to speak here, speak in the microphone. Okay, who's speaking? We are live now. <laughs> yeah, we are. Alive we are alive, and we are also recording and everything. So it's going to be. Do I need to get close to the microphone? Yep. Is it hot? <coughs> so uh, we have a breakfast here now going on. And so all the sound is coming from the kitchen. So, um, so you want to have this microphone, or you want to stay there? So we, I have a language story. We were. Which side do I speak? This side, or do I speak this side? You <laughs> both like nothing. Uh, I was in Ukraine my first year in Ukraine and uh, we were in a train and we were traveling to another city with some Ukrainians to do some evangelism and uh, the trains in Ukraine at that time were like they had the same seating set up like an airplane everybody's seated in rows facing forward so it was perfect you know we would go to the front and we'd get our guitar. I mean, it was the, you know, the whole, everybody could see us. And we'd get our guitar, we'd sing, and then we would preach. And so the translator I had with me was translating. And then I realized, like, in, like, a couple minutes, we'd have to get off the train because our, our, um, our train stop was coming. So I said, the translator was on the other side, and I said, let me just say this in Ukrainian. So I tried to put the sentences together. And I wanted to say, in five minutes, we have to just, really get off the train quickly and what I said actually was in five minutes we're going to all tear our clothes off <laughs> and these people were like these very precious old ladies and people were like you know listening to they were weeping when we were sharing the gospel with them and they were saying look at these foreigners they've come to our country and communism is gone and they're sharing with us about the love of God and the gospel and they, then when I said that they had this look on their face like like, who are these people? Like, uh, so we have um, a coffee maker in the background. Yeah, that's really sounds like a rocket is taking off. But um, 
We have one. We have a Serbian. We have a, a, a pastor here from Banja Luka, and he's going to introduce himself. His name is. Uh, I'll let him introduce himself. Hi to every, everybody who is listening. I'm glad to have this group here. My name is Branko Erceg. I live in Banja Luka, pastoring church here and also in another town nearby. Uh, thank you for for listening us. Thank you for supporting this team to come here and spend wonderful time with us. God bless you. In the morning, we this message we pray in Jesus name thank you for this time here thank you that we can open the Bible in the morning hear from heaven just bless this time together in Jesus name amen so yesterday we were talking about faith and um, uh, and I was thinking that um, I'd like to make a, a couple more comments about that's not distracting at all <laughs> And um, I'd like to just say a few things about faith because um, when we think about faith, um, we have to remember that the flesh, the old man, the carnal part of us, wants to counterfeit every part of our Christianity without the cross. Mm -hmm. Satan said, I will be like God. But he said, I will be like God without a cross, without death, without crucifixion, without, without dying to myself. And, and now the devil wants to counterfeit the Christian life. He wants us to live the Christian life in the power of the flesh. We know that the Christian life is impossible to live outside of the grace of God and outside of the power of the cross and so instead of living in the spirit um, the devil wants us to live in the power of our soul <coughs> Ours, you know, we know, we know that we're made up of three parts, body, soul and spirit the body is that part of us that's aware of the world conscious of the world, like what I'm wearing what color shoes I have on today <laughs> that's all flesh right and then, and then the soul is that part of us that's self-conscious. Like, we're not conscious of the world, we're conscious of ourselves. Like, what do I want? What do I think? What do I believe? What do I want to decide? What do I think about myself? You know, these are, this is the soul. And the soul is self-conscious. And when the Bible says that a man must die and, and uh, lose his life, 
uh, and follow Christ in John chapter 12, he's referring to not the body being, but the soul. The soul needs to die, it needs to be crucified, it needs to be, it's that Greek word for, that we know, um, for soul. And so the devil wants us to live in a counterfeit faith. And we can see that today, counterfeit faith. And counterfeit faith is not spiritual, it's soulish. It's like soulish. And in the world today, when you talk to people, they don't know the difference between soulish and spiritual. Like even in the Ukrainian language, the, both words are so similar to each other. Dukha um, dusha, like it's, these two words are so similar, people get them confused. Mm-hmm. So when people go to church and they have like an experience there, like some kind of experience, they said, I had like a dushevna, like I had like this, so, you know, or I had this duhovna, and they don't know the difference. And so the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, that the, <coughs> the word of God separates the soul and the spirit. Right? The soul is self-conscious. The spirit of a man is God-conscious. It's aware of God. It's aware of what God is doing. And the spirit of a man is not self-centered. It's God-centered. Correct? So, remembering this, that the devil wants to counterfeit your faith and my faith, he would want us to um, have faith that does not come from the Word, and faith that does not come from the Spirit. Okay, He would want faith in our life that does not come from the Bible. Faith comes by hearing, right? Hebrews chapter 10, 17. No. Faith comes by hearing. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing of the Word of God. Um, the Word of God is the center of everything in our life. And um, and then the Spirit uh, quickens us to think in faith through the Word of God. So, understanding that, I just want to say a couple things. That faith, our faith, our Christian faith, our life of faith, our walk of faith, is bigger than our soul. Okay? Because if it was not bigger than our soul, then our faith would be self-conscious, self-centered, and originating from ourself. Like a person without the Holy Spirit and without the <coughs> Word of God has no faith. Yes, there's no resource of faith in his life. Like, if I'm unsaved, I do not have one ounce of faith. I cannot walk by faith. I cannot... The only thing I can do is have faith to trust God to be saved. And that's the only capacity of faith. And so... <coughs> um, our walk in faith, in, in our walk with God, is the ultimate of objectivity. Ultimate objectivity in our life is when we walk by faith according to the Word of God. That's the ultimate objectivity. For example, like remember when Peter uh, stepped out of the boat and walked on the water? That was the an ultimate act of objectivity because was Peter walking on the water or was he walking on the command that Jesus said come? <clears throat> when Jesus, when Peter saw Jesus on the water, it was the storm was raging. Uh, it was in the middle. It was like three o'clock in the morning, and and these were experienced men, fishermen, and the, the Bible says that they were like screaming like children. 
and they were so scared. And then here's Jesus walking on the water, and Peter sees Jesus walking on the water, and he sees Jesus, and they all scream like it's a ghost. You know, they're like afraid. They, they don't understand that this is Christ, but it is Christ. And when Peter understands that it's Jesus Christ, Peter, I think in his mind, in his heart, he saw himself walking on the water. I mean, he saw himself there. You know, how many times have you and I seen someone in our life taking steps of faith and walking with God, and we say, I see myself doing that, right? You ever, you put yourself, like in Hebrews chapter 12, it says, whose faith you follow, men of God in our life, whose faith you follow. And so Peter says to Jesus, he says, if that is you, call me to come. And what did Jesus say? And I love his response. Jesus didn't say, well, you were not a good, you were not thinking good yesterday. Uh, you sinned yesterday. You did all this wrong. And Jesus said what? He just said, come. I love that. Because, because Jesus loves when the believer, when you and I exercise faith, when we exercise ourselves in faith, you know, trust in God. And sometimes, you know, when I'm in America, in Philadelphia, and, you know, before we took this trip, and I'm sitting there in my office in Baltimore, I mean in Philadelphia, and I'm looking at the map, you know, and we can see Jesus Christ, you know, walking on the waters here, and we say, you know, Jesus, if that is you, you know, call us to come and we will come. And, and Jesus says, come. And when, when Peter steps out of the boat, uh, I like to look at it like this, that, G that Peter was not walking on the water, <coughs> he was walking on the command of Jesus to come. Because if, G if Peter was walking on the water, he would go right in immediately. And when we take a step of faith in our life outside of the boat, all the disciples are there, all of, all of our friends are there, all of our, all of our, comfort, our comfort zone there, all, our whole career is there, because I'm a professional fisherman, all my experiences are there. And I step out of the boat, and, and what am I walking on? I'm walking on the Word of God. I'm walking on the command. Jesus said, come. And I think when, Jesus, when Peter put his foot out on the water, the, the, he was thinking, every time he took a step, he thought, Jesus said, come. You know, come. I'm taking another step. I'm coming. And that's how we live as a, as a believer. We just take steps on the Word of God. And, and I think sometimes when things get difficult, I, mean, I can imagine like here or in Philadelphia or wherever we are in the world, Budapest or Czech or Romania, wherever we are, things can get difficult. Sometimes it gets difficult and we can see the storms, we can feel the wind, we can feel the pressure of the wind blowing on us and we can say, we can say, I'm alone, I'm here by myself, you know, I'm alone. And Many men of God that do things by faith <coughs> suffer this. They experience this. Jesus experienced it. Paul experienced it. Um, many of John the Apostle experienced it. Jeremiah experienced it. Moses experienced it. David experienced it. Many, many men of God experienced this loneliness. And it's a good loneliness in the sense that, that it's not depression or sadness, but it's like you understand... Like Paul said, all have forsaken me, and I am alone here. Demas has left me, uh, you know, and all of these, and Titus has left me, and I am alone. And sometimes it happens with faith. We hear the word of God, we hear God speak, and we take a step of faith, you know. And but we can remember that we are walking not on water, but we're walking on the command, 
Sometimes when I, when I was living in Ukraine, and it was just ridiculous there, it was just after communism fell. There's no food there. You had to, you know, we had to stand in lines for hours for food. We had to, there was no sugar anywhere. There's nothing. It was like very little heat because Russia shut off the heat some, many times because there was some dispute with the gas. And, you know, and I remember being there. It was a very small group of people. And I was wondering, like, is there anything going to ever happen here? You know, is, this, is God in this? And, and I just remember thinking that, you know, I felt I'm alone. But I wasn't alone. But I had this feeling that I'm alone in this, in this adventure of faith. And, and I remember, you know, sensing the presence of God, sensing the presence of Jesus when I was walking down the road that day. And God really spoke to me. And I thought of this verse that Jesus called us to come. He called me to come to Ukraine. He called me to come to Romania or, or to Budapest or wherever we are. That's, we heard the words of Jesus say, come. And when we got on the plane, when we got off the bus, when we got, when we got out of the tram or whatever, and we're walking by faith, <coughs> we are walking on the command. And it's good for us to remember when Jesus called me. When did Jesus call me to do this? You know, when did Jesus call me? to go there. And it's good to have this personal conviction in our heart and practice it. You know? Because sometimes we can get disoriented. You know, I don't know how many of you have ever taken a compass and gone into the woods with a compass, you know, and you're looking at the... And when we were Boy Scouts, you know, our troop, our, you know, our, our Boy Scout troop, our leader of the group sent us out with by ourselves with these compasses and a map. And we had to go from point A to point B just only using the compass. Have you ever done that? Yeah. And, you know, we were just wandering and, and uh, we were just kids. And uh, <coughs> and I remember being in the woods not recognizing anything, not knowing where I was. But I had a compass. And that, as long as I followed that compass bearing, I was okay. I was going to get to my destination. And that's the thing that we have to remember in our walk with God is that sometimes we get disoriented. We get a little lost in our thinking. We're like, you know, we're in the ministry, we're serving, but in our minds we're like, I don't know, you know, what's happening here? And I believe that God is with me, but it's so difficult. And I don't know, if, am I, you know, where am I? And what is the compass in our life? It's the love of God. When we take the compass out, it's, only, it's always going to point to one direction. And it's the love of God. Whatever direction I turn, it's going to always point one direction. And that's the love of God. And if we don't have that compass in our life that points to the love of God, then we are lost. We're lost in the ministry. We're lost in serving. We're lost in our discipleship. God, I mean, we're not lost forever. I mean, God is faithful. But we can get lost in our mind. And so, in Galatians chapter 5, remember that classic verse? That we have a faith that serves by what? Faith that serves by love, right? Galatians chapter 5? Right. Galatians chapter 6. Galatians 5. I'm, I'm, I go back to Bible school. I'm forgetting all my Bible, all my Bible verses. The, that we have a faith that serves by love. And, and I just, you know, I'll just finish with this that. Faith is bigger than us. It's bigger than our feelings. It's bigger than our soul. It's bigger than our will. It's like if I'm living only in my soul, then I'm going to try to will everything. You know, 
Like if I can believe hard enough in my soul, then this is going to happen. That's just soulishness. Sometimes we don't feel anything in our soul, and we're just taking steps by ourselves. And and uh, many times Christianity, people's Christianity, is limited to their soul, and making Christianity very soulishness. Uh, and I'll just close with this: is that when we live in a soulish faith, then we live in the limitations of our soul. And the soul has five parts, remember? The will, the mind, the emotions, the conscience, and the self-consciousness, right? The the self-image. Those five parts are the soul. And if we live only in our soul without being quickened in the Holy Spirit, then our work, our faith, our our plans, our conversation is going to be soulish. And it's going to be limited. It's going to be limited. And uh, I'll just finish with this, that um, we have a faith in, in 1 John chapter 4 that overcomes the world. Right? This is a faith that over... Did we overcome the world? No. Jesus Christ did. Galatians 2.20. That we have the faith of the Son of God. The faith of the Son of God. This is not... This is faith that God has given to us through the Word of God and through the quickening of the Holy Spirit. And so, like, when we are serving and when we're on these kind of trips, you know, when we're doing these things, uh, if we live in our soul, we're going to be limited to our feelings and to ourself. But if we live in an objective faith that is bigger than my soul and bigger than my mind and bigger than my will, bigger than my emotions, then then when my soul falters and I'm like, I get like, you know, unstable or I lose my way, then this faith is going to always be pointing to God and His love and His grace and His plan. And that's what's important. Because after many years of following God, I mean, it, it can be that a person just loses his way. And that happens. That happens. But what's more important is, is that we pull out our compass and we look at it and we make sure that our trek, our direction is towards the nature of God, towards the love of God. And I like and I, I like when Peter went out to the water and he began to look at the water and the waves and the winds and he began to sink. I like that that's in the Bible. You know why? If I wrote the Bible, I would say, and Peter walked in the water, met Jesus, and then the whole everybody walked in the water, and then everybody rose to heaven with Jesus. Like, like I would just, I would not write such an honest book if I was writing the Bible. It would not be so honest. I would not be writing about David's problems. And if I was writing the Bible, I would not write about Romans chapter seven that Paul was struggling. You know, I want to do this, but I can't do this. And this is the apostle. He's going to write like a, a, a large majority of the New Testament. And this is in the Bible. This is like, and I like the Bible is so honest about, it's about people's experiences. Job, one of the oldest books in the Bible. Job is like struggling in his faith. And I like that Peter struggled because it just tells me that, that our faith, is not, Peter's faith was not based on him. And I think that Jesus allowed that to happen so that Peter would understand that this is not his faith that's producing this. It's the it's Jesus Christ. And, and that's part of the that's part of the process sometimes. We step out and we 
we start to sink a little bit. And But we have to understand that that's okay, that Jesus is there and that we can trust him and that he's going to catch us. And then what does it say at the beginning of at the beginning of the I mean at the end of that story in the gospel, what does it say? And it says, and they were they went they were on the other side. And somehow we don't know how they got from the ship in the middle of the storm to safety on the on the on the beach. And so that's the faithfulness of God that you know God's plan is gonna get we are gonna is gonna get us through. And um, that's why we need to keep the compass in our life focused on the love of God and not on ourselves and live in an objective faith that is bigger than us. Amen. We need to walk by faith. I mean, we do. Like, if we don't, life gets comfortable. You know, it just gets like, you know what I'm saying? We begin to control our Christianity, you know, and it's it's really interesting. I think you know, I think you know what I'm talking about. So... So maybe we can just close in a prayer for the day and maybe we could have Pastor Yuka close us with prayer here. Now, Father, we ask a blessing for this town. <coughs> Bless with a huge revival. Give them more believers than 400 born again people. We want to see the four million people who are born again here in Boston. We want to get this mountain. Now God bless our day today with the traveling mercies and all the people who we met and meeting today in the streets and in their corners in life. Thank you, Jesus. You've been so good in this trip in all details, even though our little mistakes, but everything seems to work just good. We're going to leave everything in your hand. In the name of Jesus. And the whole church says, Amen. Amen. So a couple of details before we go. We need to make sure that we give money on the Well, money. before you go to details, I'm sorry, I'm sorry to say goodbye. No, we're on the program. I <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Hey, bye-bye. See you later. Um, God bless you all.